a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Loudmouth Project's Voices of Reason. I'm Jason Lee. Today, I'm joined by Weber State political science professor Leah Murray. We're going to talk about all things politics and some conspiracy stuff, too. Uh, Amy's out, so it's just going to be uh, me and Professor Murray. So, uh, first of all, I, we've been talking for the last, I don't know, 45 minutes about everything. How did you get involved and in, how, how did you find yourself wanting to become a political scientist real quick? Sure. So if we go deep tracks, right? So um, 1994 is a watershed election um, and it's a very sexy election. If you're old enough, you remember Contract with America. Mm-hmm. It, you probably know who Newt Gingrich is. That's when he becomes a star, a star. He yes, becomes famous. Um, and I had actually wanted to be a journalist, right? So my goal was to be Woodward and Bernstein. Okay. <laughs> right? yeah. um, Watergate people, look well, it up. Yeah, it's <laughs> a very lo- little goal. Yeah. Um, and standing there um, in my – I went to Syracuse University and watching the results One coming in. One of the finest in. journalism schools and communication schools in the country, Thank by you. the way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm it's standing true. in Newhouse That's right. and, um, watching results coming in and just – being stunned, and I was getting a degree in political reporting um, and being told by a professor, you just got to say what happens. And I thought, yeah, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I really wanted to know why. (laughs) Why why is this happening? Why is this happening? And and I'm from um, New York, and we had had a Governor Cuomo who is not this Governor Cuomo, but his his dad, um, who lost to a man that no one had ever heard from, from a teeny tiny town in New York State. And I was like, yeah, George Pataki. And I was like, what is happening? So there was a part of me that just said, I don't want to just report what's happening. I want to explain what is going on, right? And so I pivoted to political science um, in order to be able to do that. So Okay, so let's... Then I'm going to ask you everything I want to know. (laughs) So first of all, the reason I I wanted to have you on is because... So look, there's been this of late, uh, I would say, at least in the last five years, maybe probably more, there's been this uh, amazing array of conspiracies bandied about. Even with COVID, right? So right now... People feel like it's a, it's a government uh, plot to somehow uh, make us uh, uh, would acquiesce to whatever the government wants, which is, in my mind, insane because this is the same government who can't even pass immigration legislation right. when they get to make all the rules. And then uh, Democrats and Republicans don't play together. So right. that's it's and it takes too many people. And we know nobody there can keep a secret. Right. So for those reasons alone, that wouldn't work. <laughs> but then. You know, the whole idea about – remember when uh, Hillary Clinton was running? They thought she was in some crazy cabal that was in some pizza joint right. in D.C. And uh, they were having some sex cult thing going on. Right. I, I, I never understand. And then QAnon, which to me, I, 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 I don't get it. I literally do not get it. So 
Can you help me get it? Yes, I can. <laughs> Please. So let's chat about this. And I love how you think it's just the last five years when... <laughs> I'm I... not you, <laughs> No, but you know, you know okay, better, right? the Kennedy right? assassination. But, the, oh my goodness, right? The, the Kennedy assassination. Okay. Um, 9-11 was a conspiracy, Absolute, right? So right. blowing up those buildings that's was somehow right. America did that. Um, if we, and we're talking about like tyrants in history, every time a tyranny's come into power, there is a conspiracy theory that they are pushing that allows them to push the regime mm-hmm. out. out, right? So I want to say the human brain and psyche is uniquely vulnerable <laughs> to not being skeptical. Are you saying we're suckers? Yes. Oh, my <laughs> We are all suckers. Um, and so what happens is uh, we are just prone to thinking there must be some Grand story, right? So I... We just can't take it for what it's... What it's no, seen, but know, what think it about it, right? Like, think about pop culture. So I always talk about, um, when I talk about conspiracy theories, like, I'm a huge fan of the X-Files. Okay. Okay, and if you watch the X-Files in the 90s, and you're probably not as nerdy as I am, what so maybe it, you didn't Scully? do that. What's the other guy's Mulder. name? Mulder. Mulder <laughs> right? and Scully, that's right. And I, man, I was all in, right? That the government knew <laughs> that they were aliens, and the world would be a much better place. <laughs> I forgot or, about the aliens, Area 51, <laughs> right? New Mexico, that's right. right. All that stuff, yeah. right? So why is a show like X-Files so popular? Why are we still having shows? Like, I think HBO Max, but I beg your pardon, it might be another streaming service, because it might have been Amazon Prime, had a show in 1963, right? We are obsessed with these moments, that Kennedy Kennedy assassination, right? I think it's based on a Stephen King novel. Um, So we are obsessed with these moments where the obvious, easy answer can't possibly be (laughs) the right answer. It can't possibly be true. That That can't possibly be true. This is the easy thing that happened. So so the human mind just kind of likes that. We like those big backstories. We like thinking about... Um, what could be behind the scenes? All right, so just put that there. You're I wish human people too. Could see me because I'm like, I hear you say this. Like, God, we're terrible. <laughs> no, we're just we're, we're just we're suckers. We are, <laughs> like you said. Um, then okay, so then we think about the United States, and we are a democracy. So we are predisposed to think that individuals are fabulous. All right, so we've okay. got a real like individualist kick. It's true in our stride. Um, so you add. Kind of a human impulse to we are um, prone to fits of fancy. Right? So we think like the big story is the you know the right story instead of like the obvious easy Occam's razor right, right, kind right, of right, answer, yeah, yes. right? Um, and then we're pretty sure we're fabulous, right? Right, because so, we, we think we're the greatest ever. 100%. Yeah, we well we think our country's the greatest uh, ever, right. and we think the individuals are the greatest the are ever, and that's we right. think you know the way I talk about it is it takes a pretty pretty con- like. Kick in a stride to be someone, and so we'll just pick on Utah, who grabs like a hand cart and walks across I-80 to live somewhere they've never seen. They've seen before, that's right. right? In the like, desert, no less. In the desert, that's right. next to a salt lake, right? That's so right. So, right, so you add like that, so there's a particular DNA kind of, and that kind of people who thinks they're all that, mm-hmm. right? To the conspiracy theory kind of vulnerability. So the United States, we are prone, right, to being... It can't be the easy answer, and we're right. So, um, you know, this week um, we were chatting a little bit about COVID, right? You just mm-hmm. mentioned COVID. So we, this week, Dr. Dunn, who I um, very much respect. 100%. I think, good Lord, she, that woman. I mean, yes. <laughs> job. How, how smart is she <laughs> to be able to do this and handle all this pressure I know, she's and in the last year, right? Like, whew. Um, and she's just like, well, here's a deal. We're going to ask for mask mandate in Salt Lake County schools aged... 
you know, 5 through 12, K mm-hmm. through 12. Why? Because they're the only ones who can't get vaccinated and this Delta variant's killing us. And we just know it's going to be a god-awful year in our ICU. I mean, all reasonable. Right. So we, have, <laughs> we have history <laughs> right, to, to, that has given us this blueprint for how not to behave. Yeah, totally. We're, we're trying to avoid that happening again. Right. We're like, the, you know, all reasonable Evidence-based positions. Evidence, what is that? Right, right, you know. Give me Um, facts. Yeah, but like evidence-based positions um, and, you know, your friend on the street's like, I'm not getting vaccinated because I read on somewhere that they, what was that lovely woman, the key stuck to her skin or like now Mm. we're magnetized or it's going to be some kind of chip, right? right, Like that the government's going to track us, She said that to Congress, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so what's interesting about that is, uh, and we're speaking about this and, and, and even locally, this is happening around the country, right? Correct. So every state is having this kind of discussion. Right. And what I what I find uh, crazy is that already the local county council is basically told that we're going to vote that down. We're I think today, it. right? Yes. They're meeting today, yeah. But, and this happens again. This is everywhere. Right. So uh, particularly conservatively, conservatively led legislatures are having the same kind of naysayer attitude. Like, we, we don't want to do that, despite the fact that ev- all evidence to the contrary would show them that if you did it now, you could pre- uh, prevent something from happening that we know basically destroyed our economy before. And we try not to have that happen to our children, to our children, you know, the ones that we always claim to say, let's do it for the children. Right. And I don't even have kids. And I'm thinking they can live with it. You know why? Because kids are way more uh, they, they can they're flexible. You can ask them to do something. They'll hate it for a minute and then they'll be like, whatever. You know, that's right. those are the kind of people you want to try to reach. When we come back, I want to uh, ask you some more about some of these conspiracies. And and more importantly, is there any way to dispel them in a way that we can be productive? Or is this something, and I'm going to imagine, I hate to say this, that we're going to have to live with for the rest of our lives. Speaking today with uh, Weber State University political science professor Leah Murray, this is Voices of Reason. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Jason Lee back with Voices of Reason. Today, speaking with Weber Science Political Weber State Political Science Professor <laughs> Leah Murray. And I don't even have to read that anymore. I, I keep saying to myself, I could just do this now in my sleep because we've talked so long. So, conspiracies we're talking, uh, and we'll get to some more political stuff later on. But I wanted to, uh, you, you wanted to mention kind of how this QAnon thing is taking hold and, and why we are so vulnerable to it, uh, it, it, kind of in the state we're in. Yeah, like why, so, right, we kind of talked about it historically, we're just going to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's another kind of phenomenon that's happening right now, which is an upswing in 
you know, alienation is one way to talk about it. People feeling disaffected. Um, and that leads to kind of a populist move. Um, and it's not just the United States, right? So if you think about, um, we could go back a couple of years pre-COVID, we could do Brexit, right? So it's England basically saying, what? How dare we be a part of you know, Something some we've Europe? been a part of for the last 20 plus yeah, years. for a long time. Yes. <laughs> and that we are a big leader. But in. they always kept the pound. They didn't go to the no, euro. I mean, they, that's they were, right. There was part of them that always wanted to be separate. They did it begrudgingly. That's right. So yes. you want to kind of say, I want to be careful to say it's a human phenomenon, yes. right? Okay. Um, but this kind of populism, which we've seen across the world in elections over the last, you know, four or five years, mm-hmm. um, which is basically people being frustrated. So populism is a result of. Um, people, Explain populism to me. Yeah, so it's uh, this, you know, it's like individualism on hyperdrive. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, so it's like the people matter the most. That's why populism. Mm-hmm. It is elites are not trustworthy. Okay, so populism basically says you could get all the information you need at your corner market. Or, um, you know, de Tocqueville 200 years ago would talk about it in America. People go out to their fence post to figure out what their opinion because is. Because that's where the people with the most knowledge are, at the fence post or at the market at or the water market. cooler. Right. And, so, and again, that's, and again, not uniquely American, right? Mm-hmm. Like right, if right. the idea is I'm going to trust my neighbors more than I'm going to trust anyone else. And I've got a real distrust of elites. So if you are Britain, so we'll pick on Britain for a second, I'm going to distrust any of the economists who told us we should have gotten into Brexit. I'm going to distrust any decision being made in any kind of EU, the European Union that looks very sus right out there in the world. Um, And we can do this better. And they don't even vote for like they just vote to end. And then it's two years of figuring out how to do that. And they're like, we don't even know how to. I mean, it's a hot mess. So they they didn't even think about the the potential uh, uh, ramifications of their vote. Not at all. So when we think of that and that kind of phenomenon we were seeing around the world, which is basically people being fed up with elites making decisions. So so you add that all together is a beautiful stew (laughs) of a real lack of trust in our experts, you know, and think of any of your friends. Right. So they're like, I went to the doctor and the doctor diagnosed this. So I Googled it and I came up because with, I didn't believe him because I didn't believe the doctor who's got like a degree, uh, a, a, right? a medical degree. Right. Right. Yes. So that. All right. So then you've got really hard times. Right. So I'm feeling alienated. I'm feeling disconnected. I don't trust elites. And again, this has been in the works for a while. So it's like decades of. Um, lack of trust in media, lack of trust in the government, and those numbers are just a slope going down, right? All right. Um, this year we go under 50% of people going to church. So lack of trust wow. in church institutions, right? So it's all across the spectrum. So there's, there's, there's no particular bias. This is just we, more and more we – we don't trust institutions. Correct. No, that's a beautiful way to say it, right? So we don't trust any of the cue givers mm-hmm. who may have helped us – Behave reasonably, right? Up until now, right. Yeah, yeah. So what happens is, so you've got America's kind of weird, and we like conspiracies, and we're individualists, and we've got a populist upsurge kind of happening where we are all sure anyone who's an elite is suspicious, right? So if Angela Dunn is telling us, by the way, I have a 12-year-old son, um, he'll be wearing a mask, <laughs> or I have an under 12-year-old son, I'm sorry, he'll be wearing a mask, so I just want to be clear. But if Angela Dunn's telling me, I'm going to like Google it, right? <laughs> I'm going to chat with my friends. I'm going to ask my 11-year-old what he thinks. Like that's, so you know. So to me, let's, let's use that COVID for example. Yeah. So I know people who don't wear masks, who have not been vaccinated. And so, and then I also, I listened to a recent podcast uh, from The Daily, 
uh, New York Times. Yeah. And they spoke to people who, for various reasons, have not been vaccinated. And fortunately, they did find a range of people for, for different reasons, you know, because it's not all the same, right? Right. Some of them had less rational reasons. The, this one guy he, they had, he basically says he's not an early adopter. So he's one of those people that thinks, well, you know, I I kind of think it's not a bad idea, but I don't I don't really trust it at this point. So I'm going to wait and kind of see. I need a bigger end. Right? I'm waiting for yeah. But he also says, you know, yeah. look, I don't leave my house if I don't have to. You know, he he, he says to himself. I recognize I'm not going to be uh, vaccinated, so I'm not going to put myself at risk necessarily if there is a risk. But I don't know how much of a risk there really is, so I don't want to go to the extreme of actually taking the vaccination. Though he did say, at some point, I might end up getting it. Yeah, yeah. But then there's other, another lady who just says she's had COVID twice, been to the hospital once, was so bad she was there almost a month, and lost her mother. And yet, and yet, she still thinks it's a government conspiracy. She will not in any way take this thing. I will, you know, just keep on going. And she won't make her, uh, she's going to allow her teenage son to make his own decision. So, I mean, those are just two examples of very uh, different reasons for not doing something uh, based on some conspiratorial kinds of thoughts. But again, there's that individualist part of who we are. And and I don't necessarily have a problem with it. I mean, I, you know, you can agree or disagree with why somebody does something. But I, there's part of me that sees where they're coming from. I mean, they, they don't want to be forced to do something because too often in, uh, in institutions, they make it that if you don't do it, then there's something wrong with you. And yeah. this is their way of expressing their individuality and standing up and say, well, there's nothing wrong with me. I just don't want to do what you want me to do. Yeah. But also this country has a lovely history of doing really awful things to people. All right? So I just want to be, you know. (laughs) Let's just start with all the other (laughs) stuff, but yes, yes. So to a certain extent, if you are in a community where the government historically has not treated people in your community well, Mm -hmm. you are not unreasonable to say, yeah, I'm not really cool with the government coming around with like a shot. That's right. With a needle? I'm not taking that. I'm not doing that. And so... You know, and then we add to it, it's all so intense, right? And so a lot of people don't understand. I don't think there's a lot of scientific literacy. So what's mm. happening is like the person who's like, I'm not an early adopter. Like, I love that. Um, and I get it, right? I totally get that. But so the answer is it's moving fast because it's a brand new, mm-hmm. right? And so you can new. imagine like the first time smallpox would have arrived and everyone would have been like. The Spanish flu. Yeah, or this, right. You know, do we get it once and are we immune again? Right. And we don't know anything about this. So it's a mess, and science is moving. That's right. Okay, because it's adapting to new information as science does. Right. right. And then we all watch that and go, but last month they said this, and the month before they said that, and the month before, and I already don't trust you. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, I already think if it's the FDA, that's a government plot. If it's the CDC, it's a government plot. plot. I don't trust what they're doing. And now it's something different. And if I'm not particularly literate in how science moves, and especially at a rapid pace, right? right I've got all sorts of reasons not to trust them. not to trust them. Even right. though I mean, you know, they they used to think that the world was flat, you know, right. and they demonized the guy who said, uh, "Well, Galileo, right? Right. That, that you're an idiot, and right. we, we, you must be a, some kind of witch or whatever, you know." <laughs> yeah, right. So we 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 think that everything stays the same and it's black and white, but there's not. There's right. Total gradations going over time, right? And we we find out that the theories we had initially. We're not right. Right. You know, we, there's, I'm sure there are people who think that we're the only galaxy in the world now. Scientists will tell you that's totally not true. Right. However, but because you can't see it, they don't necessarily believe otherwise, even though 
billions of us believe in a God they can't see or feel or, or hear, but they, they still buy into that. So you, they, we, we pick and choose. Right. Because we, we feel like one thing may make sense where another thing might may not. So there isn't oh, – because this is irrational, I mean, by nature, I guess, you, you – you can't expect it to be consistent. We got about a minute to go. Yeah, no, I think that's totally right because we're not rational, right? <laughs> right? But the point is we have instincts. And so the, the the point of reason is to keep working against your natural instinct, right? So right. what you have to say is like, I have to wake up and brush my teeth today. Yes. <laughs> like I really would rather not just do get that. Up and just keep moving. I, gotta, right. I would rather just, but I have to, right? So that's reason stepping in, mm-hmm. um, but that's work. Right. You're like, that's not passive. That's an active move. Right. So you have to always be saying, I'm having this reaction. I'm pretty sure it's X-Files. But (laughs) you know what I mean? Your reason steps in to help you make a better choice. When we come back, I want to talk about more how this uh, affects our political lives. Because we we have these things and it it actually helps us uh, either approve or disprove of the candidates we we end up voting for. So that's kind of weird to me. Speaking today with uh, Leah Murray. She's a political science professor from Weber State University, my alma mater. And uh, I'm Jason Lee. This is Voices of Reason. Jason Lee, Voices of Reason. Today, speaking with Aaliyah Murray, political science professor at Weber State University. Uh, We were talking earlier about Ronald Reagan. He is a political icon today, despite the fact that at the time... There was a lot of controversy about how he ran the country and, and some of the, the principles he espoused. And one of the things I remember is that um, I felt as though his policies didn't match what uh, what the country needed necessarily. He lowered taxes, but then he made us spend all his money trying to do the space race because he wanted to destroy the Soviet Union at the time. And he was successful, yeah. but he was also successful in putting us in the deepest uh, deficit and at the time in history, you know, so it, it and we are still feeling the impacts of that today. You know, uh, Bill Clinton was able to balance the budget once, but we haven't even been close to that since. So we're, we're at, I'm trying to understand how a person who during his time well, is purported to have done some great things, but he also did a lot of stuff that wasn't so great. But yet people still revere him and people like him. I mean, we can say the same thing about FDR, uh, JFK, famously. And, you know, others like him. And, and, and again, I'm trying to stay away from picking on the same tropes that we, we, we do here. Uh, Jimmy Carter, for instance. You know, it's how do we find our way to uh, buy into the, the legend more than the deeds of the person or the individual that we're, uh, we're looking at? Yeah, and I like that you just said Jimmy Carter. So, and it's about how you feel, right? It's about your emotional connection. So the story I tell about President Carter was energy was an issue? Mm-hmm. You know, he was totally. right. Okay. Well, well, he, not only was he right, but he was wearing that sweater. Turn that heat down and just sit in front of your fireplace <laughs> if you got he one. He would wear that sweater. That's right. um, and he gave speeches, I would almost say, because he was a Baptist preacher. It was a little bit like a sermon. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like five times about how you, you should use energy. And his popularity went down each time, mm-hmm. right? Like his staff should have said, Mr. President. <laughs> Stop Remember, talking. Famously, if, if you're a person of a certain age in the 70s, there were lines to get gasoline. Yeah. And it was, it was his oil embargo. You know, it's, yeah. he he had a tough time. Yeah. And you can, you know, I grew up, when I started driving, you couldn't go more than 55 miles per That's hour. Right. Which now that I'm like. That was the national speed limit. Right. Like I was always angry. You could do that, that on appro- State Street now. Right? Like I was like that oppression. Right. 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 Jimmy Carter. Um, 
and he was right. And he had all the evidence. And he was right, yes. Totally reasonable. And he made people feel terribly about themselves. And that's why he lasted four Ooh, years. Four minutes, right? Like right? He was in there one term because President Reagan came in and said, it's not that bad. Right. And we can do things and we can move things, right? Um, and that emotional response matters. Um, we are social creatures, right? Humans mm-hmm. are connected to other people. And we do not, you know, like I always think about like art, music and politics. We could kind of like talk about that, Mm -hmm. right? Like we are moved by a song we hear or we are moved by, right? Like those kind of things. We are not moved by like climate change science. I mean, I just, you know, I'll pick on climate change for just a second. But like, it's like, you know, all right. I mean, I I could see it. I know it's wrong. Oh, my Lord, these fires, right? right? Like, but, right. So, a good politician, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm going to move you, because what Ronald Reagan's going to do is reframe the entire conversation. So he's going to end New, New Deal. So FDR had kind of said the government solves things. Remember, right, right. Reagan basically said, says, "I'm here from the, the, the one of the most uh, the worst words you can hear are I'm here from the government. Here, I'm here to help I'm you. I'm here to help you, right? And I'm his reframe was the government is the problem, right. not the solution. Even though, by the way, he's the government. Even though he was the government, so but he's he. he what he's saying is, you should hate me. That's right. I know. And nobody heard it that way <laughs> No, somehow. no, no. So, again, so you're going to do that whole shift. I mean, that's like, like 50, 60 years of the way the country's been operating to a new – okay. Um, and you're not going to do that with numbers. Right? <laughs> you're just no, not right, yeah. going to do that Tax with data. Work, right, right. right. So what we're going to do is we're going to tell stories. Um, and his, you know, like, um, I'm going to pitch you on huge deficits, which results in huge debt. Because I'm going to say we're going to cut your taxes because that's a great story. Everybody Especially, wants to hear that. And also we needed money, right? That's like right. what we were talking about earlier, the interest rates. Interest were rates were up almost t- to nearly 20 percent. Right, that's right. right. You know, so that's nuts. And so we w- like that story. And we also are being taught to be afraid, right, of the Soviet Union. You mm-hmm. mentioned the Soviet Union. And we were talking about The earlier, Red Menace. <laughs> yeah, the Red Menace. And like any minute we were going to be oh, yeah, destroyed the, by the, them. The, the, uh, Star Wars, right? Yes. Uh, because yeah. the Russians were going to send missiles anytime now. Anytime, any second, right? So what we're being taught is you – so that fear, right? Um, oh, he used that emotion. Yeah, we're going to use that emotion. And we're going to persuade you to vote for policies that result in deficits and debts. Um. And so it's not rational, but I want to kind of say we do it. Right? Do over you know and over I mean? again. Like, right. And it's not because we're stupid or we're crazy, but it's a human impulse to react emotionally. It is not easy to be skeptical. Right. So like, let me go yeah. back. I, I love how you said that. It's not because we're stupid, but because <laughs> we are, we're being touched in a way right. that uh, prompts us. To behave in a certain way, right? Right. So it's it's your emotional mind or your emotional feeling somehow your, that state overriding your your logical mind, right? Is that, is that what I'm hearing? No, totally. And so let's use like a not sexy kind of recent example of a big policy. But think about um, so Americans will like cannot stand the United States Congress, right? Mm-hmm. But we have our incumbency get reelection rates are <laughs> like, like in the 80 90 percent and the approval rates of our member is usually 60 70 percent no matter where you go so the institution's evil but the person who i saw in the grocery store right. or the person who i met in the land like right who looked me in the eye and shook that's my right, hand right. right like and i'm like that's a person um and so you'll talk about like 
um, uh, fraud, right? So we'll talk right. about Congress members being naughty, right? you know, and then like totally going to prison, right? Going to prison, That's being right. indicted, and their voters being like, "But he's a good person," That's right. <laughs> like, or she's a wonderful, right? And so that emotional connection, human to human, often overrides. I'm trying to think of the guy from California who all along, uh, he threw his wife under the bus. He said she was the one misspending uh, campaign funds. Then yeah. he ends up going to prison. And then he got a um, hunter or something or other. And he uh, he got a pardon from President Trump. Yeah. Despite the fact he was in prison. Yeah. He, he had done what he said. In Chicago, because if you're governor, you one of the uh, uh, prerequisites is you have to recognize you're going you're to go to prison at some point because you will commit a crime. Uh, Rob Blagojevich famously, yeah. and I think Donald Trump loved him because he had ridiculous hair too, but, uh, <laughs> but at least his was real. So he pardoned Blagojevich. People, he's like Prasada Nagrata in, Chicago, uh, in Illinois right? because we know what he did and we, we're, we're used to it yeah. because our governors, they're crooks. Yeah, yeah. However, you know – Past any kind of logic, you find uh, people who are your leaders, who are from the government, telling you they, they demonize the, the the institution they work for. Right. They lead, not even work for. But then they give you a little money, and uh, by cutting your taxes, your your deficit goes up, your debt goes up, and what you don't realize is that your life just got worse. Not just you, but the generation following you, their That's lives right. got worse too. We, we're so we're sometimes. Sh- so short-sighted that we don't realize the mistakes we're making. And we re- repeatedly make them generation after generation. Right. But even in, you know, your own personal life, right? Like, so if I sit down, I'm like, if I have these potato chips, <laughs> I am going to pay for that, right? We are don't always make the best decisions, right? Like, I comfort I shouldn't eat that sugar. Eat My doctor not, told me not to do that. I did not That's do right, that. Yes. Um, but again, and, you know, Aristotle says, right, like, it's a habit. So you're supposed to be training your reason to be checking, I don't need these. I shouldn't be eating two hours from dinner. You can see where my head's a little out, right? right? So <laughs> my my work in progress always, yeah. yeah. So right. So it's kind of it's a human condition, and it requires agency mm-hmm. to check it. And it's hard to always be checking all the things. Right. Yeah, and yeah. sometimes you have to check your own agency, right? Right. 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 Okay. So uh, look, when we come back, I want to uh, for the last segment, I want to see if there. Uh, are there any solutions or is there a way to maybe rethink some of what we do so that we can avoid some of the mistakes? I, I recognize, you know, we're going to f- still follow that emotional part of us because and I get that. But there's got to be some way we can do it in a, a more pr- uh, productive fashion. Uh, I'm Jason Lee speaking with uh, political science professor Leah Murray. This is Voices of Reason. Jason Lee, Voices of Reason, back again, talking today with political science professor Leah Murray. Uh, in this last segment, I wanted to kind of get a sense from you. You know, you, you mentioned to me that we, we are led by our emotions more than our logical brain. And I would imagine history has shown that that's probably going to happen because we, we talked offline about uh, how history is replete with stories of people, <clears throat> people like um, Adolf Hitler, who was a wonderful orator. He was able to move people, so much so that he got people to believe a tiny country in Europe is going to be able to take over the whole world. Yeah. And, and you know, we, we look – we don't look on him uh, so fondly uh, at this point in history. But at the time, he was uh, an enormous influence. And even today, I would suggest that he still is a, an enormous influence on those who have a certain bent on and what they see society should look like, mm-hmm. literally should look like. Yeah. Okay. So 
he was able to reach into people's emotion. He was able to, to uh, make them feel good about themselves and uh, say their issues were based on these other people at the time they were Jews. But today we, we demonize folks from other countries. Right. We, I imagine there's always going to be some room for that because that's just kind of how our, our lives are. But is there a way, though, that we as a society can maybe work to change and, and, and move the discourse into a, a way where it's less acrimonious, it's less emotionally based and more based on what may be good for the, uh, you know, for all of uh, our uh, social community or society? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure you'll like the answer, so let's talk about it. Okay. <laughs> okay. But I like how you brought up Hitler, because remember, that was also conspiracy theory. So what Jewish people were, were communists from other countries who ran the banks and were in charge of the economy, which was causing it to collapse, right? So, And that is a, again, kind of a psychological tick, right? And what we do is we other somebody else. Yes. So if I've got to build, and we know this, I'm like a sports fan. I don't know if you're a sports fan, but like, you know. The other team is the enemy, right? If like, you're the Yankees, <laughs> the Red Sox are always the yeah, devil. That's right. That's right. right. If you're from Chicago, you are genetically predisposed to hate the Packers. That's right. I, I, I got you. Right. Like right. that. Oh, my gosh. Totally that. So we kind of that team mentality, yeah. that kind of tribalism, we do. Hmm. Um, and it's powerful. It's powerful identity building. It's powerful mm-hmm. Um, ego building. Does that make sense? Yeah. And to a certain, it makes you feel good about yourself. Yeah, but also it makes you know who you are. I am not a Packers fan. Right, right. I'm not. But you know, I'm not from <laughs> Chicago. I'm actually a New York Giants fan, and it's depressing. I, but anyway. I, I feel bad for you. <laughs> yeah, it's a hard team. <laughs> but I have the Yankees. They're my team. Well, you could so, you know. be for the Jets, which would be almost worse. Yeah, uh, no. Yes. The Jets. <laughs> and you just saw my reaction. Right? Like I couldn't even go to the Jets. That okay. Yes, so obviously. all of that's there. Um. When it's political, it gets really nasty, yeah. right? Because now what we're going to do is other, um, and we're going to say they're wrong, and we're going to close borders, and we're going to say, so what we are looks like something, right? Okay. Um, and the answer about America, which I think is super cool, so I just watched the Olympics, and the thing I love about the Olympics is I'm like, America just looks like all the countries. Do you know what I mean? Like, so if you watch, like, Norway playing stuff, like, it looks like Oh, like Norway. Norway. Right, right, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> They all kind of look the same. Like, yes. Yeah, but America rolls in. It's like yes. <laughs> you know, this beautiful. Oh, it's gorgeous. Kind of menagerie. Of, oh, yes, yes. beautiful. And as it should be. And I'm like that. I'm there Proud for that. Of that yeah. But then it's hard because we have so many groups in our group. Okay, so we have an ability to turn on each other fast, right? Where mm-hmm. you know, so it's tricky, right? Like, and we're othering people in other countries who have people in their group here. Asian Americans or right. So right, right. we're going to hate China. But Even though there's a, a bunch of Chinese people yeah, here exactly. living their lives as a U.S. Who citizens. are us. That's right. Right. OK, so we've got that kick. So that's hard. I wouldn't change it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I like that. So you've got to work like that takes work to be like the group is something else. Um, and then the other answer is democracy <laughs> makes us. How do, the answer is democracy is not the right answer. That's what I, when I, so I said earlier. You might not like the answer. Democracy is not the yeah, right answer. Yeah, because when you were what asking. Are you a communist? Yeah. Come no. on now. There's only two options here. No, no, no. I love that. It's authoritarianism right, right, or, or, right? or democracy. Or democracy. And the answer is, by the way, climate change would be solved if you had an environmentalist authoritarian. That's right. right? Okay, yes. so democracy makes it really hard to address complicated questions mm. like COVID. Like climate change, um, democracy, like the economy, even yeah, and yeah, the right. economy, any yeah. of these kind of things yeah. that require 
you know, logic, like and you nuance, said, too. and nuance. Yes. So what you would do in a democracy is you push the people out as much as possible. So what you do is representative democracy. So the idea is... Which is what actually America really is, is a representative correct, democracy. That's right. So that's part of the reason why we have Angela Dunn and people like her is we do a civil service system that we've had since the 1880s where we say... She's going to be appointed. Right, you get a point. Like, you're going to be tested. And if you are smart enough, right, mm-hmm. like how you become a Navy SEAL. We'll use another yeah. example. You've got to actually have the skills to, right, do to do it. That's right, to do it. You don't have your dad was a Navy SEAL and now you're a Navy SEAL. So we build in that to try to get to reason. Um, but then our democracy demonizes bureaucrats, right? So we other like, people who are public servants, Ugh, right? So the answer is we need more ex- We hate ourselves and we love ourselves at the same <laughs> yeah, time. I know. So it's tricky. We're civil. Yeah. 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 No, Sybil. You know, the. Uh, yeah. What's her name? Um, yeah. Sally no, Field. Yeah. I know. I hear you. Yeah. Look it up, kids. Yeah. I know. I was with you. But yeah. So it's like. It, uh, so the answer is yeah. it takes work, right? Okay. So my answer is to teach political science and to teach government and try to teach students to be cr- critical consumers of their of own thoughts. Right? Okay. right? Like, so it's not, do you know what I mean? Like, B, I always tell my students, you need to listen to the daily, but you also got to pick up the Wall Street Journal and That's you got to, right? right? So you've got to be critical consumers of it. Um, it's not on them. It's on you to do that work. So I guess the right answer is like education. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And good journalism, right? Mm-hmm. And like that kind of the stuff to just be and out there. And good journalism does uh, is out there, folks. I, yeah. I promise you that. Yeah. You just have to be discerning, right? Yes. No, that's right. Right. Um, I like that. Discerning's better than critical consumer. <laughs> I yeah. like discerning better. Well, no, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. look, we, there's no black and white, right? Right. We like to believe it is. And maybe that makes it easier. Right. But the world, life. Not easy, never will be. We right. gotta get, we gotta lose that. Right. So what you do have to be able to do is critically think. Right. And say to yourself, you know, don't pick one source. Don't you know? It can't be just your uncle or the internet or any, first of all, rarely use the internet. But I, right. I would say, or your uncle, or your, or, or your uncle, right? You can listen to your uncle, but then go talk to your uh, the uncle on the other side of the That's family. Right. So it's it, the idea though is find as much information and. Come up with your own idea of that. I, when, as a reporter, I, people ask me, "What should I? Uh, what should I? You know, where should I get my news?" Right. And I say, "Well, first of all, never get it from one source. No less than three. And I'm serious. No less than three. More if you can. Right? Because there's information that you may get from one. There's always going to have this commonality. But then you you may find some extra stuff in somebody else's uh, writings or, or, right. or reporting that can be useful to you. Right? And that would help you guide you in a way to get you closer to what the most truth is. Right. And so that's important. Yeah. And I, the thing I would add to that, yes, all of that, I would add too, you have to be aware of your own predispositions, right. right? So the And I, we are all predisposed are all to predisposed. biases. So yes. I teach a class with my students and we read the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal, <laughs> right? That's good. And it's an exercise in cognitive dissonance, right? Because right? like, you're like, here's the same story. Story written very different. Right. And I will say to them, the headline from the Times resonates with me more. I need to know that. I need to like pause and don't, ex- that. don't be willing to accept that. That's right. That's right. So, and I always say like on social media, if something causes you to rage... Or you're righteous, all right? So the rage is, they're wrong! And the righteous says, boom, like yep, I've right. arrived I'm just, and I'm totally right. right. Don't share it! <laughs> like yeah. If you're feeling that emotion, that has just triggered something that's not reasonable. Uh-huh. Right. It's an but, emotional response. That's right. It's an emotional response. So you kind of go, I know this about myself. I feel righteous when I read the New York Times. And I got to pause 
Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. check that emotion. Be aware of that emotion. I'm never going to not have it. Right. Right. And right away, pick up the Wall Street Journal so you can realize <laughs> That's right. where you might have gone wrong. That's right. That's or, right. you know, like what's resonating with the other, other half side. of the That's country. Right. It's always right. good to know what the other right. side believes, too, because truthfully, there's somewhere in the middle That's where right. you guys have many of the same ideas as That's it turns right. Out. And to develop that shared identity in this crazy, divided, crazy, right, right, yes. right. We need to do that. Yeah. Well, uh, Leah Murray, I, like I said, we could do this all day. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. Really, thank you. Been thank really you for great. having me. Join us again for the next episode of the Loudmouth Project's Voices of Reason. If you have any comments about the show, please contact us via email at voramed at gmail.com, or you can find me at vorjasonl at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at adonsports and at jasonlee1. Our show's Twitter handle is at vorpodcast. Check out our Facebook page, and you can also find and subscribe to free episodes of our podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or any of the places where you might find interesting content. Be sure to review our show as well. We love to get your feedback, and it helps us grow our audience. Until next time, I'm Jason Lee. When you engage in passionate debate, do your best to keep your dialogue civil. Try to be the voice of reason. Voices of Reason is a production of the Loudmouth Project. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.